1: As a Christmas present, I'm going to be releasing the show completely ad-free, even though you're not a Patreon subscriber, and listen to the ad feed. But hey, if you want to give me a Christmas present, why don't you become a Patreon subscriber and listen early and completely ad-free. It's a dollar a month. You go to patreon.com sunranto. You get your own RSS feed. I'm just so sick of saying this, I don't want to do ads anymore. So please become a Patreon subscriber and help... Me and Michael and Crawley make the show, buy tickets and beer, do wonderful things for people, and uh, keep the fun happening at Wrigley Field. It takes you to help us, so please uh, subscribe: Patreon.com/sunranto. Now enjoy what our Patreon subscribers normally listen to, except for this beginning part, uh, which is a completely ad-free show. All right, here it is. It's much better this way: Patreon.com/sunranto.
2: Cubby blue blood flowing through our veins sitting in the bleachers in the rain. We shed a million tears and drank as many old style beers out at the game. Let's go, cubby Sunrento. Michael Cotton, Sunrento, Michael Cotton, Sunrento and the Lovable of Lucy Blue Son Rento Michael, Sunrento.
1: Are you Mr. Hankyin out on me for? Hardy Ho. <laughs> that was the
0: Hi-dee-ho. Mis- <laughs> it's the Christmas edition of Sun Ranto.
1: <laughs> oh, it is. It, actually, Christmas is coming. I'm gonna start right away by an uh hi, I'm Danny Rocket, and this is the Sun Ranto show. But I'm gonna start right away by saying Cubs Christmas Caroling this Friday, the 20th of December. We're meeting at Nisei Lounge at seven o'clock. Be there or be square. And, uh, Carly, you're coming out, aren't you? Oh, hell yeah! Oh, uh, get, get, get those pipes warm. Me, 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 me. Well, uh, well, I, hi, I, hi, Carly. I got them warm. Oh, wrong one. <laughs> yeah, you're the high
0: cotton this yeah, time.
1: I really am. I'm so tired. I just got off a plane a couple hours ago from San Diego, and I'm I'm pretty wiped from the weekend. But so this would be a fun show. Um,
3: Last time we went Christmas caroling, we had uh, we had so much fun and uh you know, I already have seen, you know, on the ranter page and other things people that are already going and it's just going to be such a good group of people having a lot of fun.
1: Yeah. It and I'll I'll provide song sheets, so I got to get those printed up unless somebody out there that lives close by that's coming has one of those like cushy little office jobs where you can make a bunch of uh, copies for me. So otherwise I'm going to making copies copy for the for the rental man (laughs) and uh well there's high cotton cotton. you're cold out there in colorado aren't you
0: it's a little it's a little chilly a little chilly but you know what i can't complain i know uh in chicago in the midwest it's probably like twice as bad so i'll just i'll just suck it up and and do
1: my, my Colorado whining while I'm getting high And
0: going up the mountain or something Snow, to go snowboarding s-
1: Snowboarding, yeah Well, at least it's sunny there Because it's the first thing I noticed When getting <laughs> off the plane today in Chicago Was the really low clouds that kept it super gray Like, I think there are like a mile's worth of clouds That go up before you get to sun even So, so Creepy crawly, how you doing?
4: Creepy crawly Hiding
1: under
4: the rocks. Uh,
3: I'm doing okay, you know. Uh, it's uh, really exciting. Like I said, I am so I got a fun weekend coming up. I'll be back at uh, John Vincent's show uh, at Rizzo's. I'm going to be there Thursday night, and then I will be back Friday night for the caroling party. And then it's it like I said, just a lot of fun. You know, I, I know some. sometimes we complain about what the Rickets have done, but it looks really nice around there, around this time of the year, to kind of go by and see what's going around Gallagher Way and stuff like that. Oh,
0: they We don't complain up. about what they've done necessarily. We complain that they're now crying, you know, poor. After they've done all these things, it was supposed to make them money, and then they won't do anything for the team. So, so it's a, it's a little bit more nuance nuance
1: than just we hate everything they've done. You're like I like the Christmas lights, but I also like Chris Bryant lights lighting up ballparks with home runs. And instead, and, and,
3: and, and as we've talked about the last couple of shows, that was ideally what was supposed to happen, where these were additional revenue streams that were supposed to go back into the team. That's
1: what they said. Well, but
0: then, you know rehashing more, a hundred percent over budget, and I swear that hundred percent has to take in all the extra like that's not the ballpark. I don't think they spent one billion dollars at that ballpark. I think they spent one billion dollars at the ballpark, hotel Zachary, the new office building, buying all the rooftops. Uh, Putting in apartments across the street, all that shit, all of that is probably, yes, a billion dollars, you know, but they're trying to make it sound like, oh, we put a billion dollars just into Wrigley Field. And I don't think that was the case.
1: I have no idea because a billion dollars is an unfathomable amount of money to my non mathy brain like I and but and a lot of people told me and because I went on uh, you know Twitter and I was making fun of it just though you know because I agree with you ultimately I'm like what do you went you went over budget by double Like <laughs> that's insane like I I couldn't do that in my life just like well, I could only afford a $10,000 used car, but instead I bought this Maserati. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, like no. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I can't do it, you know. So, uh, you know, so it it seemed a little disingenuous, but then some contractors came to me and said, hey, this happens all the time. And I'm like, yeah, so of course a contractor says that. They're like, hey, there's nothing I can do. It costs double. And you're
3: like, fuck! Well, here's the issue here. And we all know was the issue to begin with because a lot of us prior were talking about if you were going to do something with that ballpark, you had a couple options. Option number one is tear it completely the hell down and and try to get it done in one off season and play in Milwaukee, play in the south side, play somewhere other than Wrigley. Rose Option mine. number two... Well, not, not Rosemont. I'm talking about a major league park, either Milwaukee or or at a guaranteed rate. No, they were talking
0: about building a field out in Rosemont. Correct, correct. That what I'm talking dog.
3: about, though, is when that when those talks were over, the idea was you had two options. You could spread out the rehabilitation prog- uh, project and then continue to play at Wrigley, or you could have – tried to do it all in one year while playing somewhere else. And they chose to do it over a series of uh, four or five years. And, of course, you are going to get cost overruns when you start doing that. There's weather issues that happen in Chicago. So if you've ever had, like, an old home that you're trying to rehab, sometimes it's easier just to knock the shit down and just start from scratch. Sure. They built that massive uh, – today, this last – Year they had season ticket holder day in November for some odd reason when it was freezing cold, but we went and that you get to go downstairs and you get to see the clubhouse and everything. just the mass amount. Like, I it, it, like you talk about how you can't fathom the money. I was there when the when the Rickets first had season ticket holder day and they let us run rough shot. We we were able to go anywhere at the time. Afterwards they started roping <laughs> the, shit we're, off.
0: We're gonna get yeah, rid of all this. Better. Here's a baseball bat and a knife. <laughs> but, go do whatever you want.
3: But it was Tear embarrassing. Down. It was just kind of like really in bad shape. And now to take a look at what they've done, I can't imagine that anybody could could have foreseen or had a budget to try to do that. I mean, that was an old like I said, there was really nothing underneath there. They had the uh the, the car wash that used to be that, that building, right the new uh, front office building, but I can't imagine the amount of work it would have taken to build that clubhouse underground, like just that in and of alone, not even talking about you know redoing the front facade, not even re- about doing the bleachers. I'm talking about everything, and, and, and anyone that they, has didn't ever: you do
0: the bleachers twice.
3: Yeah, they did redid the bleachers twice.
0: That's how you get double on oh, how much it costs. That was we the, built the, everything twice.
3: That was the Tribune that did it once, and then the Ricketts redid it to make it better. And it is better. It's all better, but it's just, it's it's go, especially doing it over a long period of time, doing all the different things. And then, like you said, I think they factored in Gallagher Way and other things that were not part of Wrigley Field into the final equation.
0: Yeah, because a billion dollars gets you uh the fucking cowboys stadium you know with like the roof and all of that shit like i don't you know so a billion yeah. dollars just what they did at wrigley is kind of hard to imagine yeah well but and we didn't even with get all a the roof other
1: shit around it totally easy we didn't get a roof and the thing is uh the first thing they put up uh, up of course were the video boards and, you know, so they could have more advertising. Oh, and stuff revenue so, stream. Revenue the Yes. Stream. And I think that's the thing is like, sure, you built it. it You you paid double. This all might be true. Uh, what we don't want to see is now you cry and pour. Like, why do the fans have to take the loss with the team when you promised us something else that you were going to do with it? Whatever money you had. Like, if there's going to be a bad, you know, couple of years, it, it should be out of your pocketbook. Tom, you know what I mean? Cause the Cubs didn't do shit at winter meetings, even like, yeah, yeah
0: let's, let's move on to the next rehash of everything we've already well, said, because well- there's nothing else to fucking talk about this year. This offseason. is so annoying that like last week, uh, let's bitch about the renovations. Now let's bitch about what nothing happened at the winter meeting. Well, the, Tell us, and, Danny, and people, what do you
1: see? And people are putting the two and two together, being like, okay, well, you got Ricketts going out there the week before. We have no money again. He's trying that again. He's just saying it in a different way. It's the same message. Oh, we paid double, so you know how that is. You know, last year he was just like, we have no money.
0: Well, but, and and for a team that has no money, they took like 25 people out there. Maybe uh, – Maybe take a few less.
1: Well, they're having conversations, but they're not doing they, none of the they conversations. They one guy for every team that they wanted to talk to. An agent. And, um, I mean, so I go out there, and I only caught one day of it. But I did spend a lot of money, more than the Cubs did anyway. And, <laughs> uh, like, by far. <laughs> they didn't trade anybody. But, uh, you know, I mean, I'll just give you my perception of it. And first I'll tell you what was, like, wrong with it. Ultimately, and I don't want to set you off, Michael Cotton, but this might be something that you get mad about because how the b- baseball handles the offseason and their big moments, you know, how they handle the draft, how they handle uh, oh, yeah. the all star uh, game, how
0: everything big that happens in baseball. They try to downplay it as much as fucking possible or make it just annoying so that like new people won't be interested in
1: it well this is not a fan event and i really don't think they wanted me there really but it, but um, it you know it, that's fine. I went anyway, and uh, so I didn't want to blend in because you know I knew what everybody's going to look like, you know. And this is exactly what it looks like. You walk down the hall, there's a bunch of dudes like on cell phones looking at them, but they're all plugged into the wall because they have no battery left. So they're all just like hovered around the one outlet in their khaki pants, and blue shirts, or whatever the new uh, yuppie uniform is, and you know they're just. Uh, I didn't want to look like that. So and I I was staying in the in the fucking the, the straight. Well, it's not nice over there. I don't want to call it any names, but <laughs> it was, it, I felt in danger. So I was like, so I went over this bridge to Walmart and there's like a wayward shoes sitting around and like shopping carts full of garbage. And I was like, oh, God i mean, I get stabbed in the neck. And then uh, there's like crazy. I mean, it's just like there's, they have a homeless problem and it's a sad situation, but uh, it's the weather's nice. So if you don't have a home, like go somewhere, you're not going to freeze to death on a park bench if you have that slight amount of will to live yet soon through your heroin addiction. And but that's who's walking around. So I didn't I'm like, well, I can't go out dressed too flashy. So I went Canadian tuxedo and just went double denim and went and went over there. <laughs> and um, w- within a half hour of me being there, I see an NBC sports producer, uh, this woman, Danny, and she's like, "Oh, Kaplan's on the roof uh, by the pool." I was like, "Oh, cool, <laughs> going up there." So I go up, in- go up there. Within a half hour, I'm on him and Chuck Garfines' show, the White Sox guy over there. Oh,
0: okay, you were actually on their shows. Yeah, and I and I had made a sign. I that went- tells you what how little is happening. Then he fucking just out of the blue just shows up and Kaplan's like, "Come on the show, come on the show, we need yeah. something, yeah, we need anything to talk about right
1: now. You'll give us something, Danny. Yeah. Sorry, Jim Hendry <laughs> made the studio chair smell like fart, but <laughs> but uh, but I met, I I met, I'm up there. I go on the show. I had made a sign. Do you guys see my sign? Yeah, my my needed sign. I thought it'd be a, a good you know gag to just walk around and take a couple of pictures of me holding this side needed center fielder, second baseman, starting pitcher, lead off a plus. And so I'm you know I'm walking around with the sign. I'm kind of meeting people. People are laughing at the sign and shit. And so I went on the show and I showed my sign off. And uh, you know, on that- a radio
0: show, but- it was. Yeah, the perfect place for a sign. It
1: might have been. I don't even know. Like, I mean, (laughs) I was I was unprepared to go on. Kaplan just called me over, and then uh, then Moises Alou showed up, and I shook his hand. Oh, nice. Yeah. So I saw him, and he he was. He told some joke, but it's he's really hard to understand. And um, uh, so he was like telling this story that you know seemed like it was going to have a great punchline because he's like smiling the whole time, like he's going to tell this great joke, but nobody understood what he said so when he said something that uh you know resembled a punchline everybody's like ha, ha 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 but nobody had any other idea so there's my moises aloo story moises, moises lou is talking
0: to his friends right now going like i was telling this really kind of serious story and everybody laughed when i was done it was yeah. the weirdest thing
1: you must be telling it wrong
3: did you have? Uh, <laughs> right. Did you have any Purell after shaking Moises lose hand? Did no, you make sure that everything was all clean and all sanitary?
1: Well, well uh, pee is sanitary, I believe. <laughs> so, well, I mean, right? But his your pee, own pee. Oh,
0: not other people's that. pee. I think is not sanitary for you. I think if your pee <laughs> would battle his pee, like it would, like I don't think pee gets along. I don't know. That's I'm a scientist, so. <laughs>
3: <laughs> and it, isn't that like in the animal kingdom when the when the animals smell each other's pee and they're all kind of you know trying to mark their territory and stuff?
0: Yeah. Well, oh, the, Danny, did Moises Salou mark you as his territory? <laughs> oh, I hope so.
1: <laughs> I hope so. But uh,
0: I'm, I'm sure.
1: I'm sure this is a question that we could ask. Uh, Welcome to Pitch Lab. The Pitch Lab. Bienvenidos a Pitch Lab. I love the Japanese part. We didn't get any. Well, no, we did get a pitcher to send a pitch lab, um, but we'll talk about him in a, in a little bit. I'll tell you a little bit more about my experience at winter meetings. Um, you know, it's just a bunch of dudes standing around a lobby. And then at some point, everyone gets drunk <laughs> and, and including me. I um, I, so I went on the show Then I met up with Luis and Cat Garcia, who is a great Twitter follow. If uh, Luis Medina, who I do uh, outside the Ivy with and Cat Garcia, who uh, used to work for the Cubs And like now she writes and works at Nisey Lounge sometimes. And I don't know. She's really cool. And um, so we went out and we got drunk and then we went back to where NBC was, which is a big mistake (laughs) because we were too. I was like four martinis in and I'm like, hey, maybe they'll put me on TV again. (laughs) You know what I mean? That's never a good idea. But um, I don't know.
0: Well, it depends on what kind of show you're trying to get on. Yeah, well, like cops would have been perfect. (laughs)
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was I was more towards heading being on cops, especially if I walked back through my junky ass neighborhood back to my hotel. It's pretty rough. And I didn't. Um, I saw on the way there in the daytime. I was scared. I saw a dude with a giant knife. He's nice. riding a bike around. I was like, eh, I don't know about this place.
3: You know, when you when you try to get back on TV and you've had a couple in you, it's almost like when you were like a kid and you were sneaking back home after a late night and you don't want your parents knowing you're drunk and you're trying to keep it about as straight as possible. And it just everyone knows and it's not working.
1: Yeah, no, that's it. I'm sitting there like talking uh, with Tony and and everybody's turning around and being like, "Uh, yo, shut up. We're trying to make a TV (laughs) show over there. I was like, oh, sorry, I thought it was
3: commercial. (laughs) (laughs) You know, Danny, you know where uh, Comcast shoots. Uh, I I was there for a ring bear reunion special. It was like a year after we had done the ring bear thing. And uh, I got there relatively early and uh, I'm I'm friends with a lot of the different ring Bears, and we all kind of went up to, uh, well, I, I got there first and there's a bar upstairs. I forget what floor it's on. There's like a hotel bar that I decided to kind of sit down, and by the time I got to uh, the thing, you know, I was feeling pretty good.
1: <laughs> you gotta go on TV drunk sometimes; it, just, it <laughs> keeps it keeps you honest, you know. That's a lesson for everybody. So <laughs> yeah, please.
0: Yeah. More drunk people More drunk. on TV.
1: Well, I'd enjoy it. Wouldn't make me feel so bad about myself when I woke up the next day. I'm like, did I do anything really stupid? I mean, a little stupid's okay, and that's a good story. But really stupid could uh kind of ruin my life.
3: Not the really. ones where you gotta like text the apologies the next day?
1: Yeah, yeah. Sorry, I never let it happen again. Not, I'm not usually like this. I
3: forgot, I forgot. to eat lunch.
1: <laughs> <laughs> there you go. <laughs> So um, I did go up to Ken Rosenthal, a beau less Ken Rosenthal, and all drunkenly he said, like, thank you so much for all you do. And like, I'm like, what does he do? He stands in the lobby and tweets. Uh, <laughs> that is really what he does. People call him. He's got everybody's number. They,
0: baseball Pee Wee Herman yeah, riding around on his yeah. bicycle.
1: Yeah, good for him, though. Like, I like a good character. Like, Jeff passon has got to get some something going on with his style. Yeah, but he was in the lobby, too. Seemed like a nice guy, um, but a lot did happen for other teams. I mean, a couple of things to note. You know, uh, Rendon went to the Angels. So Joe Madden, who was interviewed more than David Ross by Cubs <laughs> reporters at <laughs> winter meetings, uh, will be excited to have a player like Anthony Rendon. Um, uh, Garrett Cole went to the Yankees. So the Evil Empire rides again. A lot of money.
3: That yeah. one, that was a nice paycheck for Cole. The largest AAV,
0: right? Annual, uh, is that what it is? AAV. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. yeah. The it largest is. AAV for any player ever. Wasn't yeah. it? Was the second largest contract? Um, because
3: I'm not sure if it's that or for a pitcher. I don't know if Arod's was more than that. It was the largest
0: for a pitcher, for sure. It was second only, I think, only to the three thirty that Br- Bryce Harper got. But Bryce Harper's is over 27,000 years or something. Aren't they going to be playing, paying Bryce Harper into the next millennium? He, he actually,
1: he owns the Liberty Bell now in Philadelphia. It's like, it's part of his <laughs> estate now.
0: They're collateral with yeah. the Liberty Bell. I like it. If we yeah. can't
1: afford it down the line, we're giving you the Liberty Bell and uh, Ben Franklin's skull cap.
0: Yeah. But yeah, uh, so his was 13 years, so. You know, even though it was worth more, it's less per year.
1: So, uh, yeah, so he got paid. And then um, Brett Anderson, the human wheelchair, <laughs> he went to the Brewers for like a million bucks or something like that. So we get to see him a bunch next year. And it scares the shit out of me because he's going to kill us. Is he not? Uh,
0: can Can you imagine if, like, you had a job, right? Danny, you're, you're on Broadway. You're doing all your things. You're... you're you're, like, good enough to be there. You're on the show. You're doing this stuff. But then at some point, you just get bad at doing anything on stage. Even so, they just keep
1: paying you to show up and just be there that is for kind, years. That is kind of my – that could have been my Broadway career because of the union. <laughs> really oh. could have, I, <laughs> I could have just kept showing up Be like, well, we can't fire him without paying out his contract. Yep. So
3: just to just so just to kind of go through here, it is the fourth largest deal in baseball history overall. Largest for a pitcher. Uh, When you take a look at the top. What are the largest deals then? uh, Trout, I think Trout's up there. I'm going to take a look right now here at the largest here. Trout
1: was over 330.
3: Trout got 430.
1: 400, but they. Oh, good. God, (laughs) Yeah.
3: Bryce Harper got 330. Giancarlo Stanton, 325. Manny Machado, 300. A Rod was 275.
1: Yeah, so he's third, I guess. No wonder the Rickets don't have any money. These guys are oh, these poor billionaires having to shell out these giant contracts. It's like a third of their money.
0: Oh, no. Yeah. They only have $1 billion mm. and they'll never make more.
1: Yeah.
3: But as far as pitching is concerned, uh, it's Cole, Strasburg, Verlander, Granke. Yeah, yeah Strasburg
1: signed yeah. a big deal. Too. Back back with the Nats and, um, you know, but, uh, but the Brewers, I mean, that's the one that kind of worried me because they're making these little moves. They picked up Avicel Garcia, who you might know from his days as a White Sox player, if you follow that team, and uh, Alex Claudio. a uh, a reliever. I mean, there's, but they're getting them for like, you know, a million here, a million there. And then who we're paying a million to is, uh, I mean, who Brandon Morrow, I guess. And hoping that lottery ticket is, I mean, do we, well, but
0: it's only a million if he plays. Otherwise he gets a million for being in the minors. What? He, He gets a million for being in the minors. I thought he only got a million. If he makes it back up to the, Majors, but otherwise it's a smaller amount, like whatever they fucking, you know, 500,000, whatever it was.
1: The Cubs are bringing back reliever Brandon Morrow, agreeing to a minor league contract that will pay him $1 million. Guaranteed. Yeah. And uh, with- okay. I,
0: yeah. I was confused about that. I thought, oh, this is a great deal because they don't have to pay him when he never pitches because he's never going to pitch for the cubs and so i didn't think it was so it's it's a million dollars no matter what
1: yeah and then 1.25 in incentive so he could cost as much as 2 million which (laughs) the incentive is that he actually pitches pitches in a baseball game but and and i will remind everybody that he was really good until he got
5: hurt
3: but but again he is yeah stuff wise he has some of the best stuff in baseball but the knock on him has always been fragile He's always been fragile, and, and if you're going to sit there and give him a multi-year deal, that, that that was a risky move, and it backfired big time. Yeah, now, a uh, one-year deal, you know, yeah. okay. At uh, Christmas
0: okay. time, we say fragile.
3: <laughs>
0: because it's Italian.
3: <laughs> so, ah. so, um, <laughs> yeah,
1: and then another pitcher off the board, and, you know, I don't think that the Cubs are really looking at it, but it would have been fun. Uh, Madison cause it stays in the, in the NL West with the Diamondbacks. Uh, ex-cub Cole Hamels, who has yet to be replaced on our little team, has gone to the Braves. So, and I, I think he's probably going to be pretty good. And, it, you know, he kind of dropped dime on our uh, training staff and being like, yeah, they made me play hurt. And then I got hurt her hurterer.
3: Well, yeah.
0: um, you know. and who was the other dude? Discalso. He was playing hurt too when he shouldn't have been on that ankle, right?
3: But here's the thing. I'm not saying, trust me, I I was all aboard of getting rid of the training staff, but I remember that Cole Hamill said he wasn't going to rush it back. He knows his body, blah, blah, blah. What did he do? I mean, nobody can force you to go out there and play. You get what I'm saying? Uh, I I think he rushed back. I really do. And I don't think the training staff has done any Cubs any favors, but, you know, sometimes you got to kind of, I mean, yeah, they should have waited on him. That's all I'm saying.
0: You're right. They should have waited on him. Another guy they should have waited on was Anthony Rizzo running around with a peg leg. (laughs) Like, I mean, that kind of shit is just stupid. It's it's there's no way that you can justify anything what they're doing, because if a guy says he wants to go back out there. I mean, if you're like a competent, you know, medical staff, you should know, no. Let's give it another week. Yeah, or two.
1: Yeah, your leg looks like a murder scene, dude. You're not allowed <laughs> to get out there, fucking Manson family up on your fucking goddamn foot.
3: I will tell you, I am nervous about the Brewers and their moves. Obviously, Garcia I think is going to hit a ton in Miller Park. Uh, so that really kind of has me worried. I kind of got, a, you know, that guy hit some bombs, and I think that ballpark would be really good for him to hit in. Uh, Brett Anderson. I just want to say fuck Brett Anderson. Yeah. Fuck him
1: uh, with a chance. Me and him.
3: I don't know if you remember, we got into a big Twitter spat that made the sports pages. If I years do, back.
1: but please refresh our memory. We love this kind of thing on this show.
3: So, uh, Brett Anderson played for the Cubs. He was always injured. He's always bitching this and that. And he, they ended up letting him go. And I want to say he went to Toronto next And, uh, when he was in Toronto, he somehow had a great game, you know, you know, even a blind squirrel finds a nut every now and then. And he kind of made some sort of slight towards the Cubs as far as, uh, you know, saying that see what happens when you don't have people messing around or tinkering with you or some sort of comment. Mm -hmm. So then I kind of made a, a meme, a Mr. Glass meme, uh, from the M night Shyamalan movie where, uh, the character, Mr. Glass from, uh, played by Samuel Jackson. I kind of uh, did some Photoshopping and put Brad Anderson's face on it. And I said, next time you blast the Cubs, you know, blah, 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 something. And then he kind of was like, well, I wasn't insulting the Cubs. I was just saying, I'm like, no, you aren't dude. So kind of was a little bit of beef. So I was all excited when he came, the Cubs were playing them uh, this year. They played last season. Mm-hmm. He came, he was on Oakland and I was all excited and jacked up to jeer him and talk some shit. And the Cubs just got their asses handed to them by Brett Anderson.
1: Yeah. Uh, they lost that game 11 to four on August 6th. Um, the Cubs got two runs on seven hits. Uh, only took a walk. And uh, actually, Brett Anderson had a pretty decent year last year. Um, he was worth 2.7 war, had a 389 ERA in the in the year of the home run ball, the juiced ball. And uh, yeah, but and he's a... Solid lefty, and now uh, he's going to be kicking our ass for the Brewers when it didn't work out for us. And that's, you know, that's always frustrating. But um, anyway, we'll have something fun to complain about next year. <laughs> um, but yeah, I am a little bit worried about the Brewers' moves. They see the Central obviously as winna- winnable. Cubs aren't doing shit. They did not trade Chris Bryant as everybody thought they would. Uh, the rumors, of course, on all the Cubs blogs were all about trading Chris Bryant. Um, I'm, I'm, assume that it was my song that kept it from happening in this moment and but at the same time I'm kind of good with it happening at the all-star break or at the trade deadline when uh teams are a little bit more desperate
3: well I think more of the thing that shocked people was the fact that how well known the Cubs were making it that they were fine to deal Bryant and right now the holdup is the grievance, which you know may 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 one day be resolved before KB retires, but that <laughs> the service time grievance is what's holding it back because you can't make a deal if you don't know if he has two or one years till free agency. If he has two years left, well, then you could get a good you know a good haul back for him or a decent haul back. But if he only has one year, you're not going to get much.
1: Yeah, can you Im- well you could put it in the contract that hey uh, we get. St- you know, so much back if it's just one year or like working into the deal, but it's way no, too complicated. No, you, you, you're not going to want to do that though. Really, you,
3: you can't work that into the deal. You, 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 you know, your deal's a deal. And so basically they they will not do anything until they know what Chris Bryant's status would be. You can't say, well, if it's this, then we get this. And if it's that, we get that. It, it doesn't work that way. You basically are going to make the deal you want to deal. And so you're going to, it doesn't matter whether he's one year or two year, here's the players we're giving you up for Chris Bryant. And so that's why you're not going to see any deals.
1: Well, I, yeah. I mean, I, I think they're asking for a lot for, you know, Contreras, obviously, rumored. Today, the rumor was Schwarber, again, to the Yankees. But, it, you know, I think the Cubs are asking for the moon right now, and nobody's really willing to give it up. And uh, that maybe they can still get something done, but it, it feels like they're good, just, just going to stay put unless they can really get a haul. Doesn't it seem that way? Like, I feel like we might just be going into next year with what we got and just seeing how it plays, which, uh... Well, I
3: don't. I don't know if you saw. Yeah, I know, Danny. You saw the uh, meme that I put out there about Wrigley Field. Everything must go. You know, liquidation. That it's just. That's just the thing. Is it just was very jarring for Cub fans that basically it looked like the Cubs were basically at the winter meetings opening a booth, saying, you know, take a look at what we got here. You know, everything's for sale. Everything must go. Discount. You know, it, it's it's very bizarre because for so many years when the cubs decided to make their push getting joe madden and john lester you know and then all this you know all of a sudden for a few years all the way until last year we were always buyers or our names were always brought up into uh shohei otani was one name that the cubs were connected to they didn't get darvish was a name they were connected to they did get him but now all of a sudden these last 2 years i don't you know i remember you know talking to uh josh uh freeman from uh CBS TV, Sportsnet, and and just last season, offseason, saying I don't hear the Cubs being connected to anybody, and it's, now this year even they're... less. Like there's no free agent where all of a sudden the Cubs are in on this, or the Cubs are one of the potential teams. The only one we've heard about that is with Shogo. They I'm had... pretty
0: sure the Cubs are the mystery team
6: for every <laughs> player.
0: Whenever you hear mystery team, you just throw in Chicago Cubs for that.
1: Well, and they they flew twenty five. Uh, 25 staff members out there to basically not talk to anybody i'm sure they were talking but like they didn't do anything and even the word was that Shogo was too expensive and the cubs aren't doing shit until they move salary and that is a disheartening fucking situation shall i play it yes yeah i kind of have to This fucking situation. Sorry, I'm not done. (laughs) There's a little Theo for
0: you. (laughs) We know he's not done. But
1: I can, and also I can pretty much sum up uh, the winter meetings with something David Ross said at his inaugural presser, which was a lot of guys sitting in front of me with iPads. <laughs> a lot of guys sitting in front of me with iPads.
3: I just, I, you know, it was funny because I, 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 took a screenshot on Twitter. I put, I, every time you saw Theo or Jed in the winter meetings, they look like they age about 10 years and had eaten some bad oysters or something. Yeah, They just looked like shit. They looked uncomfortable. Every time they talked, they almost sighed before they got to what they were saying. It was just like, it just, the body well,
0: language.
1: Yeah.
3: It's because they right.
0: walked in there with like these really great players that they're w- w- willing to deal. And everybody keeps coming to them with like the cubes fan version of a fucking trade. <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah. they're like, yeah, I mean, uh, you know, w- we'll give you our backup catcher straight up for Wilson Contreras. Because, That's all we're gonna do. And, and other so t- every time you saw them, they had just been told that by four other people, and they were just like, "This is this is gonna be horrible."
1: Because other teams are seeing it for what it is, which is kind of a salary dump, which is not where we should be. I could see moving pieces around and getting trades done to benefit two teams, but I don't think that people like. Uh, maybe dealing with Theo. I mean, he's got a few teams. He always deals with the Padres for one, uh, which who they just got there. The only thing they did do besides sign a guy who was on the DL for the last two years um, was uh, get somebody who they wanted to trade for from the Padres um, named Trevor McGill or McGill. So that's all, that's all they did. But I mean, those are the only teams that trade with Theo.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I- yeah, it's the Rangers,
1: it's the it Padres. It was the Rangers. And now Red Sox. The Red Sox. Yeah, he's got like three, four teams. He goes to everybody else says, like, suck it, Theo. They don't even take his calls.
3: But think about it. I mean, like, and- when you're selling, when, when you're in the point where you, everyone knows you're desperate to sell, why would people start putting together these great packages?
1: Yeah. It, I mean, that's why you have to wait till the, the trade deadline when they're desperate, which, like, so – Now you're going to go into this season with a team full of like your Chris Bryant and your Wilson Contreras's who thought they were going to be on a different team and they're still going to be on the Cubs. They're going to be like, fuck this place. These people don't even want me.
0: Well, and then, you know, just the fucking cherry on top of that shit Sunday is the fact that they're saying, oh, uh, you know, they got Rizzo. His agent is coming out in the press saying the Cubs won't talk to us about an extension right now, which honestly, Rizzo's two years out the the whole fucking organization is falling apart of course they're not talking to him
1: Rizzo's back is falling apart
0: what is that not the stupidest thing though like here you but, are. yeah you don't say that to him you tell him you tell him exactly like we are going to talk to you but we can't do it at the winter meetings right now because of I mean look around you the whole place is on fire so like
3: that was that was a Jesse Rogers story, and and Jesse took some heat for it, you know, because Rizzo's agent put it out there, so Jesse put it out there too, you know, and that to me that was kind of some bullshit as far as whether I don't know what Rizzo's rolling, but you know, here's the team is they're struggling, they, you know, they they have quote no money everyone knows they're in a shit situation and and Theo had to come down cuz I know Jed spoke that day cuz sometimes you know Theo lets Jed kind of pretend like he's in charge and and then Theo had to come out later to kind of talk because all of a sudden this became a big deal that Anthony's unhappy and he wants, you know, they're not the cubs aren't talking to him about extension when he has another 2 years left on his deal. Why on God's green earth would they renegotiate with a guy that's in his 30s with a bad back? Yeah, I mean, to be fair though, in 2 years the Cubs are
0: gonna have all the money in the world. So he's just trying to get a little bit of that cheddar for himself right now. Well, like because, because that wouldn't come on. You know, none of that would come at him until two years down the road. No, I, I get what you're saying, Carly. It's it's time. There's no way that they're gonna to talk to him at this point. But uh, however they handled that, sounds like they didn't handle it well because Rizzo's agent, who I've never heard of before in my entire life, came out pretty strong and said, they hate us.
1: Well, but I agree the the timing sucks on it from the agent's part of, point of view, the, and especially to not kind of like read the room right now with the Cubs. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it's like, dude, not now. We'll, with, I mean, Anthony, we love Anthony. Like, we'd love to work something out if his back holds up. But like, you know, wait till next year. Then we then we'll talk or, or you know, and they might be willing to let him walk, too. I don't know, because I don't know what kind of deal Anthony wants. If he can keep hitting 30 home runs a year, he's going to get a pretty decent deal and maybe more than the Cubs are willing to pay him, which is unfortunate. But, uh, you know, you don't want to end up with a I mean, Joey Votto was really good until he wasn't. You know what I mean?
0: And, and well, to be honest, yeah, and- Joey Botto's still pretty good.
1: Sure, sure, he'll take his walks, but the batting average went down, and you know he, he just uh, got uh, older.
3: A first baseman is is pro- I don't want to say the easiest position to replace, but it's definitely not something where people are, you know, desperate to sign a first baseman. I you know a th- a, thir- a first baseman in his thir- early thirties signing what a long term deal for money. I, I don't see that happening. Yeah, I don't right. either. Yeah. well, y- you ought
0: to you ought to pay attention to the Rockies and their third their first base woes over the last like four or five years. They don't have one. They they have no third first baseman. I keep saying third. They have no first baseman, and they keep trying to put everybody there because it's supposedly like this easy thing to do, and and they all fucking suck. <laughs>
1: all yeah, terrible. And no, Rizzo's great over there, and you know, he's a Gold Glover, and uh, they should be thinking about lo- uh, locking him up a little bit longer, um, even if it is for you know even five years.
0: Well, and and talking about reading the
1: room, right? That's actually something they could have done. Well, they didn't do anything. They- I mean, Javi's out there wearing his shirt. Uh, call my agent. He's it, yeah. Did you see that? That he's down in Puerto Rico. He's like, hey, extend me. I'm willing to do this. Like, call my agent. Let's go. And, well,
0: Javi, if they extend, that's going in right away, and they're going to have to up him right away, right? I don't know. Probably. Maybe. No, you can. probably you c- because he's he's being he is very underpaid. I think with Rizzo, you could actually have that money start kicking in. You can have two it, years down the road. You yeah. can,
3: but see, with even with Baez, you can have it start kicking in the following year. So I believe Hendrix's new deal kicks in this year, even though he signed it last year.
0: Okay. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So Deferred yeah, they a year. would technically yeah. have the money in a year.
1: Well, they didn't do they, shit. And that's what they're they're like, well, we're gonna we gotta have to figure out what we're doing first. We're gonna have to move some shit off the off of here and regroup and But, but
0: that would have been great PR, right? If you could have been like, Hey, we we signed Anthony DiRizzado to a three year extension. He's gonna be here for five more years.
1: And then Monday, like at Cubs, they make him tweet out you know to come to cubs convention and you're like why <laughs> like you know <laughs> like who for who honestly is there i mean well i'll tell you why travis wood is coming
0: travis hey,
3: wood hey, hey, miguel hey, montero hey, hey. uh let's reed johnson i believe will be back i know that uh, darwin Barney, but i will tell you something giovanni from- soto gio soto but- we were just talking about him for the autograph hounds, man, I, I, I when I did take notice of that, and other people will too. I know not everybody's going to go to Cubs Con, but I promise you, there's people right now in the Sheridan lobby with a sign that says "We'll buy wood," because <laughs> that is going to be for 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 someone like me, an autograph hound, that's going to be chaos. Everybody, because most people, most of us that are collectors, we got our plenty of our Bryants our our, you know, our everybody's kind of got the other guys, you know what I mean? There's no one we really need. But Travis Wood is a very rare signing nowadays. Uh, He hasn't signed much. He only signs really at his, uh, he has a golf tournament in Arkansas. Well, I mean,
0: it's partially because he lost a finger.
3: Well, I'm just telling you, there's a lot of people that are looking to complete collections. I have a 16 by 20 signed by the entire team other than Lackey and Wood, and that's most people that are hurting for either John Lackey or Travis Wood or both. None of those guys have been ever did the, uh, the circuit after they won the World Series. Any public or private signings, they have not done. Oh,
1: man. How are you going to get Lackey?
3: I may that. have to pretend like I like golf and go to his golf tournament or something.
0: Whatever. You have children. You can, you know, you trade
1: one of your children for a <laughs> snack.
0: The one that I like fucking, Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: yeah. <laughs> th- th- throw your kid between a couple slices of bread and l- give him a little kid sandwich for, for us. Uh, You're
0: like, I, I've been forcing this little bastard to eat so much food over the last year. So he's nice and fat for you. Definitely. All I need is an up. autograph. <laughs>
3: And hey, I'm looking forward to Travis Wood at Cubs, Scott. That's all I'm saying. That's 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 the one thing I've had that that's just basically been a little glimpse of sunshine in this miserable off season. Yeah, because
0: Am I right though? Didn't Travis Wood like lose a finger or cut his hand or some crazy shit like that?
3: He had some sort of hand injury yeah. that that hurt him. I think he went to Detroit afterwards. And then I think he went I think what do you do, Detroit and then uh and yeah. then I think he did KC two or something.
2: That sounds yeah, I, right. I
0: feel it was like a his glove hand or something, though. No. Like he he
1: lopped a, the end of his finger off or something. That I've sounds talked- like him, but I I don't remember.
3: I think- talked to a couple different people that run different uh, autograph companies, and there have been multiple very good offers for travis wood to do a private signing so basically he just sits at his house somebody flies down to visit him in arkansas with a bunch of shit to sign and then they leave his house so basically a really good sum of money for about an hour's worth of work and he's turned it down a bunch of times and you were correct michael travis wood injured a finger in a crossbow accident. <laughs> i just was about to say that crossbow
1: accident of, of course it is of course it was uh, well, it, it, the for- finger nearly
0: snapped in two, it says, <laughs> <laughs> but oh was, my God. it makes you wonder, was he trying to catch that fucking crossbow? Like <laughs> yeah. they were shooting it at him.
1: <laughs> it's not, that sounds like him too. <laughs> uh, well, if he's wearing a shirt at Cubs convention, I'm going to be very disappointed. I'll tell you that much. Uh, well, speaking of, uh, crossbow accidents, uh, the Mets, They signed uh, Michael Waka, which is unfortunate because we kicked his ass numerous times. Well, he played for the Cardinals, and now we may not even see him. Um, And uh, ex-Cub Adam Warren had Tommy John surgery, which uh, there's four four first names there. And he's he's back with the Yankees, which is good for him um, because uh, it's the only team he's good for.
3: You remember that we had Adam Warren. That oh, yeah. was, uh, oh, yeah. was Starlin
1: Castro trade.
3: Starlin Castro trade. Exactly. And then he was shit. And then didn't he go back there? And yeah. With-
1: and he was great.
3: Right.
0: Yep. Oh, yeah. The, Ad- yeah. the Adam Warren went back the next.
1: Yeah. And then he got hurt, had Tommy John. And now the Yankees are like, yeah, boy, come on back. We'll rehab you. See you in 2021. That's what, Yeah, wasn't
0: Warren part of the uh, – he was part of the deal for Chapman, right? Correct. Yep. Yeah. So they for Starlin, they got Warren, and then they sent him back with Glaber Torres in order to get Chapman.
1: Yep. Yeah. So – and then he was good. So anyway uh, – And now just,
0: that he's had Tommy John, he's on Theo's radar. Yeah,
1: he's like, now nah, I want him back. $7 million. <laughs> um. So uh, I guess I'll just finish my story about San Diego and say that I saw Kevin Millar the next day after the Rule 5 draft. So that was uh, somewhat exciting. And um, San Diego is nice. You know, have you been there before?
0: I have been there once. I used to work. uh, I used to write from home, but the home headquarters were in San Diego and we went out there one time.
1: Yeah. Did you go out to Dead Man's Point? Because that's where I ended up that day. I went out for a walk. I went over the winter meeting, saw Kevin Millar. Nothing was really happening because it was all over.
0: Asked and him if he wanted to go to Dead Man's Point with you. He yeah. said no.
1: And we went out there, made out. <laughs> no, then no. We went. I, I Only just,
0: one of you returned. I just nobody's I heard from Kevin Millar in three days. <laughs> Since,
1: yeah, well, there's a there's a bay right there, so that was convenient. Um, so no, I, I walked all along the bayfront, and it's right behind the hotel where the winter meetings were. And I walked all along there. Till I reach this area where there's a giant battleship and like a Navy memorial. And uh, there's yep. you, you know that
0: I, I took my kids on that. Uh, it's an aircraft carrier.
1: Yeah, it is. There's a bunch of warplanes up there. And then um, right in front of it. Did you see the Bob Hope USO statues? Did you see that? It's That's I a dead man's
0: don't point. Re- I don't remember the Bob Hope one. I remember so,
1: the sailor kissing the nurse one. It's right next to
0: it okay yeah i the, was only looking at the the other one.
1: you're just up there like looking up the nurse's dress <laughs> <laughs> like, dad that's not cool right yeah they, we learned not to harass women that way but i i took a bunch of cool photos of that giant and if you know let me just say what i'm talking about it's that famous photo at the end of world war ii in times square where that soldier grabs that nurse and plants went on her and somebody took a picture and, and and we learned 50 years later that she was not happy about that yeah it's just basically sexual assault and now it's uh there's a giant 50foot statue of it out in front of this aircraft carrier and um it's actually kind of creepy because I went around and I photographed it from a bunch of different angles and let me tell you some of those angles look a hell of a lot more like a sexual assault than a kiss Like from which,
0: which, yeah, technically it was. Yeah. And now and I've heard that there are people who are upset about that statue being out there because of that.
1: Yeah. Well,
0: I'm looking at the Bob Hope statues right now, like just on the Internet. That part was cool. No, I don't. Those must not have been there when I was there because that doesn't look familiar in any way.
1: Yeah, they've got, like, Bob Hope standing in the middle of this, like, circle, basically, and then there's all these soldiers and nurses, uh, and some are injured, one of them's missing a leg, you know, they're just, you know, and he's doing his USO show in World War II, and they're all watching it, because, you know, and so that's cool, oh, and then they have audio of his USO show playing, so you feel like you're there, so it's kind of creepy and cool, and... Anyway, so that part was cool, but I... I it's I,
0: like they've trapped his soul in that statue, never to be let go.
1: <laughs> Pretty much.
0: you know that
3: really or... like the Harry Carey statue where all the fans look like they're demonic, like trying to come up from hell to get you to You know Harry what?
1: Carey? It's not unlike that statue. Yeah, that is that is actually...
0: reminds me of uh, Freddy Krueger every time I see it.
1: Yeah, the, the souls of Lost Cubs fans and seasons. <laughs> um, but no, there was like... Dudes playing music down there, and it was nice to walk around. And, like, that part's cool. And, but mostly I'm just kind of bored. I, I went and found a happy hour and ate some oysters. And then I found this place where they had, like, a bunch of old school stand up video games from the eighties and early nineties. You know, like, I played Qbert, for example. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, it took quarters, you know, it was, it was kind of fun. I had a couple drinks there, but it's expensive there. It's like, you know, eight, like their happy hours, like $8, you know what I mean? So I was we like,
0: have, we have one of those places here where I live and you pour your own drinks. So like you just walk up to a tap that's on the wall. You set your glass down and you pour the drink and it keeps track of your glass by a microchip in it and then at the end so you have no idea how much you're spending for your drinks and then they charge you by the
1: ounce yeah i went to a place like that too uh, when i because i went to oceanside to go see annie which uh, i gotta plug that oh man well it's over but uh, my knees killed it as Annie, except
0: for except for that
1: wig, right? <laughs> that wig. Oh God! It was my, I, when I saw the picture. I. It's the first thing I said to my sister. I'm like, like man, and, you know, Mika looks like she's having a you know good time of it. And I'm like, that wig though. <laughs> and she's like, Yep, it's pretty wiggy. <laughs> 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 Certainly was, and so. Uh, but she did awesome, and uh, she. I mean, she really stole the show, and you know, was great. I mean, that's a tough part to do. But, um, I, I, I don't know. I, I, I don't really want to talk about Oceanside too much or Annie. But I don't know if you know the show Annie. But I found it kind of problematic when I was watching it the first night rich billionaire just, like, takes in some little girl orphan for a couple weeks. And I was like, is this Jeffrey Epstein, the musical? Oh, God. No, it really bothered me. And I was like, man, this could be done. You got to be delicate with how it's done. And I know it's a show that everybody understands and, like, what happens in it and people that they know it, you know, they know it from the movie and they know it from it, you know, being a big hit, but – Man, it it just kind of... What
0: what you're saying is everybody already knows it. They know what they're getting into, and they know that in the end, a guy named Daddy Warbucks is actually a good guy. Yeah. But his fucking name is Daddy Warbucks. He's a rich billionaire trying to, like, adopt a young girl... Yeah, when you're if you're pitching that in Hollywood right now, no, nobody's no. nobody's listening. <laughs>
3: <laughs>
1: no, I don't think so. Um, but uh, no, but she did a great job. said of my other niece, she had a good solo in NYC, if you know that song. But um, I don't know, San Diego's all right. I hope they have it in Vegas sometime because I think that would be more fun to be like down at the on the Strip and seeing Kevin Millar <laughs> or having uh, Moises Alou, uh, you know, playing poker with him. Oh, I don't know. Uh, I'm a- sure some of those guys would have let you play poker with him. Well, actually,
0: no. They would have looked at you and been like, he doesn't have enough money to take anything yeah. from him.
1: Strip poker, I can play. Um, <laughs> uh, so, Crawley, did you go to the Pat Hughes thing?
3: I went to the Pat Hughes event on Saturday. It was, was a lot of fun, but... I can only tell you, uh, there was about 48 hours where I was so pissed at the world. Oh, uh,
0: Crawley was all over Twitter. Just fucking lost his mind about I, this one.
3: You know what, man? It, it, the Ford Frick Award was announced the other day. It was on, uh, I believe it was on Thursday they announced it. No, Wednesday they announced the Ford Frick Award. It and was I right
0: after we had recorded.
3: I was, there was about eight pretty good candidates that you could make an argument for him. I thought Pat Hughes definitely was in the mix and to me, the favorite and that stupid hillbilly Hawk Harrelson. Gets the on the award. Board! Yes. I have never been so livid in my life. If you saw my Twitter feed, I was firing for about 48 hours. <laughs> I, want, I, I called my uh, favorite morning talk show on uh, 670 the score Molly and Haw and had it out with them. They got mad at me because I said it's not fair that he's getting you know Hawk basically he's getting the award because he's been around the longest and he's dying. That's, that's about it. and I don't think that should be a qualification for the Hall of Fame. He gone. If you
0: just well it definitely <laughs> wasn't for Ron Santo. Exactly. They decided exactly. to fuck him over, and he was dying. But here's He's been thing. dying for 50 years, though.
3: The difference is, is that Ron Santo had a Hall of Fame career. Right. Hawk Harrelson has always been pure trash, pure garbage. And just if you look at the numbers, Pat Hughes has been the uh, Illinois Sportscaster of the Year nine times and the Wisconsin Sportscaster of the Year three times. All Hawk Harrelson ever did was just come up with stupid catchphrases and nicknames. He basically was the worst broadcast. And I have a lot of followers on Twitter that are, that have vision impairments, and they say, you know, Pat Hughes really kind of helps paint the picture for us. You don't realize how important those guys are because, you know, we, you know, we're blessed that we can see the games and all that stuff. But he, Pat, I mean, Hawk Harrelson is one of the worst play-by-play guys I've ever heard, bar none, and it's not because I'm a Cubs fan. I, I think the Jason Bonetti-Steve Stone broadcast is fantastic. I love listening to Bob Uecker, even though I don't like the Brewers. I can separate my feeling as a Cubs fan and my feelings towards a good broadcast. I sure. recognize a good broadcast when I hear it. Anyone telling me that a Hawk Harrelson belongs in the Hall of Fame is full of shit, and that just absolutely <laughs> irritates me that Pat has to be the one that suffers. He has to wait another three years now before he can get elected, it's just a it's it's a bunch of crap. I mean, and the other thing is, Pat Hughes has done a lot for the broadcasting industry with his Voices of the Game CD series, um, where he kind of gets a lot of the great old recordings, old time baseball uh, broadcasters, and puts them out there and lets people know about their, them and kind of gives you a history. There's just. Do, no- do you think he's going
0: to be forced to do uh, a new one that has Hawk Harrelson on
1: it? Oh God. <laughs>
3: Just the ab the absolute worst, and 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 to me, the legacy of Hawk Harrelson, what he's going to always be known for. You want to talk about the jackass that really fanned the flames of the Cubs White Sox rivalry? Hawk Harrelson represents the worst in in White Sox fans. He is the one that totally would love to put gasoline on that fire. And, and like I said, the fact that he gets to enjoy this and and this. It just annoys the living shit out of me. I cannot stand that guy.
1: Yeah. He's, I mean, he's legendary for all the wrong reasons, in my opinion. And he, and you're right. Ultimately, he's a pretty bad broadcaster. Like, it would have been one thing if he hated the Cubs and, you know, like Tom Brenneman hates the Cubs, you know. But I could see him giving it to Tom Brenneman someday, you know, because he's just been at it forever. And he's, you know, he's got his uh, fans and, you know, the only people that hate him are Cub fans. But, you know, either way, Tom Brenneman's a decent broadcaster. Hawk Harrelson, you have no idea what the fuck's going on. There is hours of dead air in every single White Sox baseball game. And you know, Steve Stone doesn't want to talk to him. Yeah. He's like oh, this they man. Were, they is- were,
3: Hawk Harrelson uh, was by GQ magazine. He was oh, named right. the worst broadcaster in 2010. GQ named Harrelson and his partner, Steve Stone, the worst pair of broadcast in baseball. I've also seen on an awful announcing. If you take a look, they were always in the bottom three. So this guy has been absolute trash. And so, you know what? I think I'm just going to start a campaign to put Ron Santo in the Broadcasting Hall of Fame because apparently all that matters is that you love your team and and you make goofy calls and do stupid shit. It doesn't matter if you're a good broadcaster or not anymore.
0: Yeah, that uh, that was the argument people were making too. Well, Ron Santo was a homer too. Yeah, but there, there's not a fucking Cubs fan out there that thinks he should be in the Hall of Fame as a broadcaster.
3: Absolute like, crap. You yeah. know what? And what bothers me more than anything is this has Jerry Reinsdorf's fingerprints all over it, his his fat little fingerprints. With Jerry Reinsdorf, it was the same thing with Harold Baines in the Hall of Fame uh, vote last year. Yeah, that it's was crap. ridiculous.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs>
3: the, the,
0: the White Sox are having a banner year for getting guys into the Hall of Fame
1: that shouldn't be there. Well, they I'm were the original it. cheaters, so – it's just
3: bullshit. Like I said, it really, like I said, it was those that if anyone was there at the Pat Hughes signing, you couldn't have met a nicer guy, guy who, you know, just very polite. And, and like I said, it just knowing how much he kind of wanted that and, and seeing who got it instead is it just, It's I'm never going to not be pissed off about that. Yeah. It, you know, Hall of Fame already pissed me off with the Santo bullshit. Now this just kind of adds to my enemy list with the Hall of Fame. I mean,
1: it might be a tinfoil hat thing, but doesn't it seem like they're, like, actively screwing over the Cubs in many ways? Like, all over MLB, like, we're being shunned somehow right now. (laughs) Like, nobody's taking Theo's calls, can't get Pat Hughes in, like, everything's going wrong that can right now.
3: That again. That's what it feels like. It just, it just feels like it's been such a shitty off season. I was just hoping this would be something that would be just really nice that we could celebrate and something. And instead, the worst opposite person gets it.
1: Yeah, but you know what, Crawley, the sun will come out tomorrow.
2: (laughs) Bet your bottom dollar that tomorrow.
3: Like to kick Hawk Harrelson in his bottom dollar.
2: (laughs) You you know what, hey Danny,
0: uh, you know let's try and. Let's try and build Crawley up because Crawley did have a good idea that Bill Sugas brought to life.
1: Oh yeah. No, we, we should, I was going to play that at, at the beginning of the show, which is uh Crawley's idea of having a mommy kissing Santa Claus parody about Julieta Zobrist. And Bill is definitely going to hell after writing this one, which Crawley, you have avoided even, <laughs> even though it was your conception, your idea. So uh no I'm going to play that. Let's let's get this show back on the rails.
6: <laughs> yeah, let's let, let's get it back in the yeah, fun let, territory. Let, let, all right, here we go. I've lost track of how many takes cuz I keep laughing. <laughs> this is the one. The San Ranto Ranters Christmas album entry. Concept ripped off from I didn't Crawley, know we were going to have Disney, an album that will fully send me to hell. So <laughs> let me try once again. <clears throat> juliana kneeling by santa claus god i hope that's eggnog on her chin (laughs) she made a gagging noise right next to her kids toys i always thought that candy canes were much thinner than that (laughs) then juliana tickled santa claus underneath his saxo grayish white (laughs) what a laugh it would have been if benzo could have seen santa coming more than once last night
1: oh god (laughs) merry christmas merry christmas see you in hell hell. we're already there bill it's called the 2020 (laughs) chicago cubs season
0: Oh, it's so, it's so good. It's so good. I know Bill want, wanted me to get back at him with the, the Dismas, and I've wanted to. I've not been able to pull it off yet. But
1: we got to buy Bill a Christmas present. And, oh, yeah. do you know what I had a thought on the airplane today? I completely forgot to do uh, Secret Satan this year. Ah, uh, Forgot to do it.
0: It's too is, late. Now. Is there a way we can get a Santa hat that also looks like maybe the reservoir tip of a condom?
2: I, <laughs>
0: I think that might be perfect for for, Bill. for that song he just sang.
1: Well, we got to give him something to wear in these videos. You know, we oh, got to yeah. dress him up a little bit. So, you know, maybe we should send Bill that. Like the Cub Santa hats? Oh, yeah, there you go. There you go. I think that'd be perfect. We'll get him a 2016 one. Those are marked out by now. <laughs> 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 so... um so yeah, uh, there were some moves. I mean, nothing big, but uh, the rule—the Rule Five Draft—we did not get into it at all. But I think, and you know, and I'm not the only one because at first when I looked at Trevor Megill, uh he was drafted originally by the Cardinals, and then I went, ding, ding, ding. Um, Dan Kantrovitz, uh, who is the new Cubs uh, vice president of scouting, he probably drafted Trevor Megill.
0: And then- Ah, there you go. That's how we got him. Yeah. The other
3: thing that uh, Jed Hoyer had brought up about Trevor Miguel is that the Cubs tried to get him last year and could not get him, and so the Cubs have had some success with Padre pitchers like uh, Rowan Wick and Brad Week at the Pitch Lab.
1: Yeah, oh, don't worry, it's coming. Welcome to Pitch Lab. It's too long of a drop. Bienvenidos a Pitch Lab. Yeah, you you need it just oh, the first one. Oh, how about how about this one? How about just this part? Well, maybe, I or, or do you, you just like the beginning part? Well,
0: I I think people wouldn't understand. Okay, the, yeah, uh, you, Japanese, that, the Japanese. <laughs> I mean, all I mean, Welcome we do have Twitch listeners Lab. in Japan, but.
3: I, I I think though in general you know it's one of those that you you, you know I, it's it's a it's a deal that could potentially work and then they've had they've shown to have success with the San Diego pitchers so let's see if we can go well, three for three with them. Yeah, I guess I mean
1: it, it, he's interesting that's for sure. Uh, he's six uh, eight that's pretty interesting uh, two thirty five. He's never played a game in the majors, which is kind of weird because he's got to stay on the Cubs on the twenty six man roster. All year long. But that's not a problem for the Cubs. The, <laughs> they, the Cubs, are, Cubs are going
0: into the season with like 22 guys. They're going to have four open slots that they're just not paying for.
1: Well, I mean, Trevor Miguel's just going to be in the bullpen unless they decide just to give him back, which they could. They were, would be only out $100,000 of Ricketts or no $50,000 of Ricketts money because they already paid $100,000. And then the team must be offered back for half price at fifty thousand um, dollars. So, but it's just kind of weird that they're like, okay, lock in that middle relief spot.
3: There when he is. Kind of, when you kind of find some guy like that, it, it's hard. You got to try to hopefully, hopefully, your bullpen can have it so that you can kind of put him at the end of your roster. And and I remember Hector Rondon. If you remember from the you know twenty fifteen yeah. twenty sixteen Rule Five. Yeah, he was a rule five. But I remember when he first came up, it was like, you know, he was on, he was in the bullpen. You just didn't know if he could pitch because they never put him in a damn game, you know, but he really probably wasn't ready at the time, but they saw something in him that said that he was going to be a good pitcher. And he, he, he was really good with the Cubs for a long time.
1: I think this is Dan Kantrovitz's it's got his, you know, fingerprints all over it. And, uh, you know, they're just like, okay, Dan. Let's see what you can do, buddy. And he's like, I really like this guy, Trevor Miguel. So let's get him. Okay, Dan, here's a hundred thousand dollars. Go have fun at the arcade. Go play Q. <laughs> That's what it feels like. And, uh, you know, he ended up on the Padres he ended up, he was drafted by the Cardinals originally, I guess it didn't work out, ended up redrafted by the Padres, um, the next year in 2015, he's playing in Mexico right now in the Mexicali league and it's not going very well. <laughs> I'll say that much. Um, nine innings pitched, eight runs. Ele- <laughs> I could stop there and everybody would be fine. Right, um, yeah. Uh, 11 hits, um, seven walks, um, three wild pitches, and uh, 14 strikeouts. So basically Dylan Maples on steroids. Much.
0: Yeah. I mean, in his defense – all the signs are in Spanish, and it's hard for him to figure those out
1: yeah it's true. He needs the Astros and their garbage can
0: <laughs> he and- needs he needs a flashing light maybe maybe a garbage can telling him not to throw a fucking breaking ball
1: yeah uh and then the Cubs did actually lose on the rule five situation with uh Vima- Vimael machine and uh, uh who's a utility infielder um and Michael Rucker. Getting drafted. So I don't know. We kind of lost as much as we gained.
0: I have no idea. Yeah. Have you ever heard of the male Machine or Michael Rooker before?
3: I've heard of Michael Rooker before. Um, you yeah. Know, Michael
0: Rooker was in uh, Guardians of the Galaxy, right? He was the Mohawk guy.
3: You know, but in, in general, with these Rule Fives, it's tough to know, you know, how they're all going to pan out. You know, everybody tries to think that they're going to get something, and most of the time you don't. Sometimes you do.
1: Yeah, M- Machine um, is, was kind of the more interesting name to me. Um, well, because he has a more interesting name than Michael Rucker. Yeah, the
0: male Machine. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's a very interesting name.
1: Yeah, uh, because he's a utility infielder. And, you know, right now, we're just kind of wondering who's going to be the second baseman. Where's our depth at shortstop now that they let Russell go? And I didn't know that Machine, I don't know where he sits on that depth list, but – he's also has to be on a major league roster next year, you know? So we'll, we'll see who, who took him. I forget. I don't know, somebody look it up. I'll keep, I'll, I'll, I'll keep moving. <laughs> There's no
0: way. We'll because never figure it out.
1: A, an, another uh, move. The Cubs made today was this guy, Noel Cuevas, which uh, basically means cave caves, plural of cave, um, but like
0: Christmas cave,
1: right? What do you mean, Christmas cave? Noël. Oh, Noël. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Noël Cuevas. Yeah. It's the Christmas. It's the cave. Christmas cave. I think Christmas Bill just wrote a song about that. Christmas caves. <laughs> well, that's that's what Juliana was showing off after shooting on herself.
3: The Phillies took machine.
1: Okay. So. And I was shooting on myself, so don't shoot on me. Except in the Christmas cave. Um. So, uh, yeah, Noel Cuevas, minor league deal, outfield depth. Meh. Uh, he played for the the Rockies. Uh, did you ever hear of him?
0: No. <laughs>
1: you live in Colorado. <laughs> you never heard of him?
0: This no, is I've, a- I've never, never heard of him. And I listened to a, uh, a Rockies podcast, and they're really into the minor league stuff, and I've never heard of him.
1: Okay. All right. Well, we got him now. <laughs> so he's played in Iowa. Um, so let's get a little more shit news out of the way. Uh, we talked about the renovations earlier. One of the uh, reasons that people are citing that maybe the renovations uh, will will cost more in the future, possibly, or um, maybe already cost more, is the way that they handled the disabled and uh, you know the the seating for disabled people. And it seems like the Cubs might have uh, shirked some of their responsibilities. I may have to redo a few things, and I don't really know much about it except for the interview that I had, if uh, you've been listening to the show a while, a couple years ago in the off season with uh, a, a voice disguised guest known as Mr. C, because the Cubs know him and they didn't want, in case they somebody were to listen to this, because I did uh, post on Bleed Cubby Blue that he didn't want them to know who he was, so if... That tells you anything about how people feel about the Cubs front office and what might happen to them if they speak out against them. They're frightened. They're a little frightened. And and anyway, um, Mr. C came on and I I asked Mr. C about um, through text, you know, what he uh, thought of, you know, this lawsuit that's moving forward. And i'm looking for it now so dead air for one moment
3: with when you talk about it the the issue is is that the cubs did not comply with the americans with disabilities act and that after the renovations they actually made the team's ada noncompliance worse so the you know with the ada you have to make certain accommodations for people with disabilities and when the cubs did the renovations they claimed that they didn't know that they weren't still under, say, what the previous uh, Grandfather Clause didn't rule whatever they had before was.
1: Yeah, Grandfather Clause, meaning they didn't do shit for you unless they felt like it, because in 1908 they didn't care. They're like, hey, you can't walk. Uh, too bad you can't come in unless you can crawl through the uh, beer and peanuts and cigarette butts. You know, I mean, it was that. But they kind of came off like assholes in. I, mean, I don't have any quotes in front of me. But the Cubs' basic argument for not doing that was like, well, there are plenty of seats that they could sit at, and just because you don't want to sit in the corner and not in – because the argument is that there's not the same seating. Like, if you remember, Javier Baez's sister used to sit right behind home plate. Well, they dug all that out for the club and made it club seats now. So there are no really good seats for disabled people. They're behind uh, the Terrace Reserved, which is a shit seat because you can't see any fly balls. And then they also added them in the upper deck way in the corners, uh, like way in the left field corner. Way I don't know if there is in the right field corner, but also down the lines um just above box seats basically between the 100 level and the 100 and the 200 level in the corners there is some ADA seating and it's not great um so they you know, I don't know the-
3: well the cubs tried to dismiss it uh basically under ADA you have to have a minimum of 36 wheelchair accessible seats for the first 5,000 patrons plus one additional wheelchair accessible seat for every 200. So ideally the Cubs should have no less than 217 wheelchair accessible seats. But right now, basically through discovery, it's figured out they've only had 159. So right now they're you're looking at about a little less than 50 short or a little, a little bit more than 50 short of what they need to be, uh, in compliance,
1: so they paid double the budget uh, the, of their renovations and just uh, shirked to, on about like eighty to a hundred wheelchair accessible seats. Uh, correct. Yeah. Um, well, here's what uh, Mr. C said about it. Uh, the, our friend that was on the show. Um, He said, was
0: was it Ernie Banks? I keep thinking Mr. C is Mr. Cub. (laughs) And it was Ernie Banks right before he died was talking about how he can't get around the ballpark.
1: And I just hold seances through text. (laughs) So uh, he said, uh, sure, there's more seating, but the experience and what you get to see is definitely degraded and more expensive. It's a longer conversation, so maybe we'll have that sometime on the show. But um, I have a very hard time believing that the renovation costs them double, except and unless he's talking about upgrades like luxury clubs and including things they did to boost revenue. Uh, This guy that blah, 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 I don't want to say um, was was somebody who worked on the project, and I won't say what he did, uh, but their side did not run over cost. Um, the Ricketts, uh, which he spelled uh, with a dollar sign instead of an S, <laughs> just <laughs> added more projects and more spaces that would make them crazy money. Money, And as a result, they're crying poor. I try not to be bitter, but definitely feel screwed in terms of having much worse seats for much more money. It isn't just that either. Not enough elevators to seating areas. Fewer than the original plan. Uh, The shops don't have wide enough aisles to get wheelchairs through. The food stands have no accommodations for getting food and especially drinks to your seats for people at all ends of the disabled spectrum. I am not sure where the lawsuit will end up because I don't think a preliminary ruling against the Cubs will survive the appeals process. But the Ricketts spelled with the dollar sign deserve every shot at them that comes their way for this.
0: Yeah, and that he's right. Regardless of what happens with the first case, then they'll fucking stretch it out and appeal it, and it'll go years and years and years until someday they'll be able to, I don't know, eventually put in four new seats or something. No, they need 80. I know, but that, but I'm just saying that that's what'll happen. They'll, they'll appeal it out to the infinite degree, and then they'll end up like getting off somehow by adding, a few seats and it won't even be what's supposed to be needed right now.
1: Well, I'm they, saying that's how it works. Well, the, they, well, they obviously don't want to do it because they're fighting it. So that's pretty disheartening that they would choose to do that. And maybe forego a little bit more accessibility for an old ballpark instead of, you know, cause people are also going to make the parallel of, well, they're made the luxury clubs. They, couldn't you know is there disabled can you be disabled and go to a luxury box i
3: don't my know, under, even know if that's my true. understanding on that is is that there isn't <laughs> enough accommodations up there either
1: yeah so that's you know kind of a problem you know i mean i i know there's some disabled seating in uh, like it, that used to be right behind uh where the new what's it called the uh, catalina
3: club Yeah, the Catalina Club.
1: Yeah, that used to be disabled seating up there. You could, you know, as you as you when you used to be able to walk from left field to right field without going through that this really narrow pathway, uh, basically on the corner of Clark and Addison, and going around where Gallagher Way is. Now that's how they have it for the luxury club, um, the all inclusive Catalina Club. uh, That used to be disabled seating, and so it and it was a great seat. It's you know right behind home plate. Um, There is no, I don't think, disabled seating right behind home plate anymore. I don't think it it exists at all. So, so fuck the Cubs for that. (laughs) And
0: and lots of things. Yeah.
1: And then more sad news just to get you in the Christmas spirit (laughs) and to come out and sing Christmas carols with us on Friday. Um, uh, The CLTV is shutting down.
3: Yeah, this is Next Star. They bought the Tribune company in September. So, anybody that from the Chicago area, or even your listeners that uh, are from, you know, listen to WGN as the super station on TV, they were uh, acquired by NextStar Media Group. And what NextStar is kind of known for in the industry is uh, cost cutting and layoffs, which is exactly what happened. Um, Danny, you and I have both been on uh, SportFeed Live on uh, on CLTV. Uh, with Josh Friedman and Jared Payton and, and all those great guys, Larry Hawley and all those guys, mm-hmm. I have no idea what's happening with any of that right now. Uh, some of the employees are going to have a chance to interview for jobs within WGN itself, um, but CLTV, which will, will be no more.
1: Well... Yeah, that's some sad news. And uh, also a little more sad news. Rob Manfred still hates baseball. (laughs) He's going to to try to still cut these 42 minor league teams. And if the minors don't let him, he's just going to make his own minor leagues and take his ball and go home. And nobody can play at all. Yeah, I don't.
0: I didn't understand that at all. How the fuck do you think you walk away from the entire apparatus? The hundreds of teams that they actually do have like, yeah, we're just going to get rid of all of them. Now we're going to take guys directly from high school and put them in the major leagues? Like, what the hell? Right.
3: I think if you take a look at it, you, you can do what all major corporations do, which is outsource it. Do it Do it in Latin America. Yeah. Not saying I agree with it, but I'm saying that I, I could see them going that route.
1: Yeah, and if they do that,
0: uh, I really do think Congress would actually take away their antitrust. Yeah.
1: Well, I mean, maybe they don't care at this point because, uh, you know— uh, it, maybe it doesn't matter because they're – what other – I mean, Google's allowed to be bigger than baseball, like, by far. <laughs> you know what I mean? And, you know, isn't that kind of a trust? Like, nobody's broken a trust in fucking Teddy Roosevelt. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> it's true. I mean, that's the last time anybody no, was known I, as a trust Somebody
0: buster. went after Microsoft years ago.
1: Sure. But that's it. In the, in
3: the 90s. But, in Yeah. The, I no, I, I know
0: what you're saying. It's it's all a fucking shit show.
3: Yeah. Europe Europe, I think, is the one that's doing most of the breaking up of things. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Oh, maybe when the Cubs and Cardinals go to London,
1: they'll get anti trusted. <laughs> 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 yeah, no, we'll,
3: we will be there live to cover it.
1: Yeah, no yeah, nobody nobody should trust us in London. <laughs> that is for, <laughs> a for fucking sure. Me and Crowley gonna get shit faced and steal the Queen's jewels, try to make the Buckingham guards laugh. I'm like, look, I'm- I'll dress up as Queen Elizabeth and just like walk around the guards, like telling them what to do. Um, so uh, yeah, so this has been. I mean, it-
3: are there any good international lawyers that listen to the podcast? Just, just <laughs>
1: <laughs> we got Bob Hall out there. I'm sure you know something about law. He seems put together. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he seems put together. So yeah, he'll he'll, he'll know where to find us at least. So the one thing I can say about showing up this Friday to Cubs Carol with us is that it'll probably be the most fun thing that happens this <laughs> offseason by maybe a lot. So, yeah. so come on out, and we'll see you at Nisei Lounge at 7 p.m. on Friday. Um, anything else to add about any of this fucking shit-ass news? Like it, The news just got worse as this podcast went on. You it
3: know, did. Uh, as, as Cub fans, sometimes we need to vent, but anybody that's ever gone to CubsCon or one of Danny's events or a Club 400 event knows the best thing about being a Cub fan is hanging out with other Cub fans. Yeah. And that's where the caroling really, like I said, I've met so many people through Danny's events and other people's events that that all of a sudden, you, you know, people that you see on Twitter all of a sudden kind of become real life friends instead of, you know, Twitter friends.
1: Yeah. And you know, and that is the best thing is because there really are. And I know it's like, you know, Twitter, you can kind of hide behind your handle and stuff. And maybe some people prefer that. But um, no, I've, I've really met great people over the years. Like I, I can't even I won't even start to name them because I'll leave somebody out and feel bad later. Um, but it's it, it really is a, a good time. And, and just getting people singing together. You know, I, I went to a uh, it, where was it, it was an Oceanside. In a little musical instrument museum there and they had a place at the end of the the uh the the tour or the as you we went around the museum where they had a bunch of music mu- musical instruments uh, like banjos and a theremin and like cool shit and so me and my sister were sitting there jamming and then all these people are in there jamming and we're just kind of like jamming together listening to each other and i was you know just thinking like this is what Music is for. And so when I get people together, all singing, all together, and having a good time and rolling around drinking, I think that that is like really who we are as people. For, you know, thousands and thousands of years, that's what music was, unless you could afford to like go see some Mozart concerto in the big opera hall. It was mostly just like hanging out with your family and your friends, making music together, whichever way you could contribute. And uh, it's just my favorite thing. And I would love to. I, I can't wait till Friday, so I'm excited. I'm psyched you're coming, to Crawley.
3: Wouldn't miss it. Like I said, I hope to see a lot of people out oh. there, and, and, and I think we're going to have, like last year, I think we're going to have a, a fun procession that keeps growing with every bar we go to.
1: I believe that Corey Finnerin from the Ivy Envy podcast is also showing up at this. I haven't talked oh. to him recently, but I, the last I heard, he's coming. So um, if you don't like our show but like theirs and somehow still made it to the end of this one, <laughs> then... Uh, Yeah, you can see him.
0: Yeah, I'm going to have a bottle of Malort and a case of uh, old style, and I'm just going to sit on my front steps and cry as I sing those songs.
1: (laughs) Yeah, well, you could sing with us. We'll live stream.
0: (laughs) We'll we'll periscope
3: it to you.
1: So um, end of the show. We're at the end of this shit show of a show. Um, We vented. We all learned something. (laughs) And uh, we'll be back next week with another one at uh, Christmas week. Going to be Christmas soon. Um. So, uh, TFCs. Anybody? Anyone?
0: No. Mm-hmm. I, I'm. I'm looking. I. You know. It, it's so frustrating because I see them and then I say, "Oh, this is one," and then I mark it and then I can't ever find it in my feed. Again,
3: I got one from Ryan Turmur. I can never get his last name right And I've tried it sober, I've tried it drunk And I never can, but from uh, Real Cubs Insider uh, He had me cracking up Because uh, he had one that said Has anyone ever seen Boris Johnson and Jim Hendry In the same room? <laughs> <laughs> with, with, with a picture of the two gentlemen <laughs> And I and I've thought to myself I have not seen Boris Johnson and Jim Hendry In the same room
1: oh, That is a good cop And I don't know why that would have even ever happened. But maybe, hey, maybe next year.
3: I think that they both like to throw drinks back.
1: Oh, yeah. Uh, So I got a stupid one because when I went to look up uh, the specific rules of the Rule 5 draft, um, I went to Wikipedia, as you do sometimes. And um, I saw that somebody, because it's all, you know, I was going to say fan edited, but, you know. Contributor edited and they the contributor to the rule five draft said the rule five draft for it's is named for its place in major league rules. And then uh, in parentheses, it is sometimes erroneously referenced with a Roman numeral. I was like, <laughs> whoa. <laughs> I guess. You guys, I,
0: <laughs> why is it erroneously? Why? Why is it? I don't know to I don't, use a I don't, Roman numeral. That's
1: why they are a TFC. Because I was like, whoa, they boy. are not in Rome. Not yet. But when not in Rome, do not use Roman numerals.
0: <laughs> right. He just walks around. And every time he sees a Roman numeral, like on a clock or something, he just fucking loses he's his like, mind. He's like,
2: What? This is not Rome. Jesus Christ.
0: It's not a fucking V. I don't know what VI is.
1: So, uh, we are way behind in voicemails. I didn't realize we had a shitload of voicemails. Uh, Would you guys like to hear them? (laughs) Some of them? I would. Okay. Um, This one is actually from Bill Sugus in Aurora, and it dates back to October... No, I already did that one. I think I did anyway. All right, here we go. Did I do this one?
6: Another... Goddamn episode where High Cotton spouts off about old people are blind and can't see and should put them out to the animal farm. Oh, I think this is the beginning of Dismiss. And their miserable lives because he thinks they blow calls for umpires. So Joe West and I got together and we came up with a song it is? for him. Michael Cotton, Michael Cotton. Yep thinks old
1: people should be forgotten that's the first oh yeah that's the first all right so we did play that one all right so it's
0: no 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 we did we never played that voicemail but he put that song out we we had never heard that voicemail but i knew right away when that was that was you know a month or so ago when he got he he gets very upset when i say that old people can't see And and if the buttons on his phone were big enough, he'd call me and tell me myself.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So uh, here's one that we we missed, I believe. Uh, This was from Dan Nielsen.
4: Hey, it's Dan Nielsen. And I know what you're thinking, that my voice sounds a lot like Ben Zobrist, Trevor Cahill, uh, (laughs) Chris Bryant, Joe West, uh, even Juliana Zobrist. And a lot of people that called in throughout the years, however, that's just purely coincidence. Uh, My question for you is, Danny, can we please hear the story of you wrecking your bike on the ice in front of a group of people again? Because that was beautiful.
1: Uh, Later. Rant on. (laughs) Wrecking my bike on the ice.
0: Yeah, it it was a a couple of winters ago. You were talking about – It wasn't ice. You were very upset.
1: (laughs) Yeah, it it wasn't ice. It was – uh, just a slick road. It had rained and it was cold, but it had rained, and I, I just, uh, two, uh, girls in their twenties walked out in front of me in the crosswalk. I didn't see them. I was cruising. The wind was at my back at 32 miles an hour. Those goddamn bikers out there not stopping for crosswalks. No, yeah, well, that's what I was not gonna do. I was not gonna stop. And <laughs> these girls walked out. I was like, "Fuck!" And I put on the brakes, and I went flying down, and I hurt myself. And uh, and then I was laying there on the ground in a humble mess, and the girls go, oh, sir, are you okay? I was like, fuck, they called me sir, fuck. <laughs> I'm right,
0: I remember you were actually uh, pretty sore after that for a while, but you were too embarrassed to take their help.
1: No, I was like, I'm fine, <laughs> and I get up, and I was like, like, like walked my like grizzled fucking ass uh, over to the curb and tried to catch my breath and and got blown over by a 32-mile-per-hour wind that also blew over your fence. <laughs> okay, there's one more. So there's the story. I hope, hope you all enjoyed it. <laughs> Danny's old.
0: Hey, we can't be held responsible for that. Nope. The, the listeners asked.
1: And then uh, here's one more, and I can't believe I did not hear this when I was in San Diego.
0: Hey, Danny.
4: This here is uh, Theo just calling to catch up. It was great seeing you today. I hope you have a great time at these uh, winter meetings, and uh, hopefully you got the Eddie Vedder costume I had sent to your room. I'm up in room 714. Come up when you get that costume, knock on the door, and the safe word is corduroy. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you know, and, and, it's, and it's so sad because he had my room number wrong, and he actually sent it next door to a, a very nice Vietnamese family that I met uh, at my travel lodge. And because that explains completely why that little old man was dressed like Eddie better when he came out in the morning when I was smoking a cigarette. Weird. But I missed it. I could have had way more fun up in room 714 with my safe word corduroy.
3: A lot of us Cubs fans slash Pearl Jams were very jealous when Danny got retweeted by the official Pearl Jam account.
1: Oh, oh yeah. really? I didn't hear about this. Oh, yeah. I had a good good Pearl Jam joke during the playoffs. <laughs> <laughs> Wait. Well, I definitely haven't heard this then.
0: Yeah, there was. A, I, I don't think I've ever heard you do there, a good Pearl Jam the, joke. it was oh, a good one.
1: Sixth inning. Uh, the sixth inning military salute that they do. Uh, it was during the playoffs. I want to say it was during the NLCS, actually. It might have been during game six of the NLCS. Um and uh, the the man that they were honoring was a veteran named uh, Betterman. Something <laughs> Kurt, Colonel Betterman or whatever. And so I took a picture of it and I uh, tweeted. I didn't even tweet Pearl Jam. I
3: didn't tweet at them, did I? No, you didn't tweet at them, but they, they picked it up somehow. They oh, yeah. They're up. searching Pearl Jam. And I just, just wrote in the words. I just wrote, hey, Eddie Vedder, I found him. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Because he couldn't, you know, in the song, he cared for the bird. So, uh, yeah, Pearl Jam saw that. so anyway. And retweeted it out. Yeah. And I, I didn't even clock that they retweeted it because I had to mute that uh, tweet. You know what I mean? No. Like, if, if you have a tweet that goes crazy, you have to mute it at some point because otherwise it's just all that.
3: That, that, that happened to me with my first real big tweet that blew up, and that was during the Jared Fogel subway scandal.
1: <laughs> As it would be. <laughs> what, I, what I, I found a picture.
3: I found a, I found a Crawley picture put a
0: picture of, of the doll with circles where Jared had touched him.
3: I, I found a picture of Jared Fogel from Subway wearing a Cardinals jersey getting ready to throw out a first pitch. That was you? That, Yeah, that was me long time. That was like my first big, big viral moment. And so I put uh, best fans in baseball and that that was nuts. Good stuff. The
0: the only one I ever had go like that was when uh, I retweeted the dog that like ran the bases and then picked up a bat or some shit like like the dog was getting retired. He was the bat dog. Yeah, I remember that. And so then they let him run the bases and come back. And pick up the bat and whatever. And I retweeted that. And that hit thousands of uh, likes and hundreds of retweets. That was the only time. And it wasn't even mine.
1: (laughs) Well, that uh, Don't Trade Chris Bryant song I wrote, that got like 28,000 views real fast. Yeah, that
0: was a big one.
1: And lots of people really uh, don't want Chris Bryant traded. And guess what? He was not. So, right now, we're just in a holding pattern here as Cub fans, and I guess that's what's going on. We got that McGill guy. <laughs> He's sending the pitch lab, and um, I guess we'll just hope that actually, I, I don't think anything's going to happen now because it's Christmas time. So, I mean, things were still happening today. Well, I mean, we've
0: got Christmas cave, <laughs> things are going to be happening in the Christmas cave.
2: Yeah, but it's I'm not looking gonna, forward to that.
1: But it's not gonna be baseball related. <laughs> um so there's our show, uh Spagog.
2: Spagog! Spagog K bean, K player, cause the has spent all of their money, our young superstars cost too much, the team is facing budget cuts, but they'll never compete without KB, he hits them far and hits them deep, but building hotels isn't cheap, cost overruns, renovating Wrigley, But Cup fans want Chris Bryant back So Ricketts pay the freaking tax And sign a big extension with KB KB
7: So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app today to get free delivery on your first three orders, while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply.
4: What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have
1: or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more.
4: But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more.
7: Welcome to Fail Better, David Duchovny's new podcast with Lemonada Media. On Fail Better, David, who has experienced both low- and high-profile failures throughout his life, explores the vast world of failure, how it holds us back, propels us forward, and ultimately shapes our lives.